How do I do this intro again? It's been forever. <laughs> oh dear God! Right? Uh, um, I think I, I still remember, have it at the drive. Shall we? I think I voiced over it too when I did it. I would like play it and be like, "Yeah, oh God, you're right. Going. That is how we did it." I think oh. you still have it on the Google Doc. I oh, do have shit. it on the Google Doc. I should. I should have prepared this. Oh God. We weren't prepared. We weren't prepared. No, we're not prepared at all. (laughs) The sausage party was a mistake. Not as big of a mistake as the actual sausage party, but the sausage party was a mistake. Hello, and welcome to Tyler's Anime Corner. Now, it's been a while since we've had an Anime Corner, but we're here all together. But we have a serious question we need to ask. Are classics gone, or are they still thriving well? I've got my team here, and we're going to answer that question. As long as you enjoy our yearly podcast of Tyler's Anime Corner. And with my guests today, I do have John, Rob, and DJ. Say hi, guys. Hi. Hola. So here we are. We're talking about anime. Ooh, it's, it's, oh, it got dust dust off that intro and such. It's, <laughs> it's pretty dusty there. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, God. Uh, 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 I, I appreciate the fact that we're trying to go back to our roots here. Yeah, but bring was it up. It really necessary to dig up all <laughs> of this dusty shit. Yeah, well, we got to clean it out. We got to have a garage sale sometimes. So we got to pull it all out, see what's value, see what's good. I, I guess, man, but I mean, seriously, like, I, I cannot remember the last time that I saw a needless manga uh, just hanging out there. <laughs> <laughs> just a single one, though, not a collection of anything. It makes it even even more worthless. So I guess. <laughs> Jesus. Ooh, ooh, he said it. Um, so here we are. We're talking about anime. And the question I did ask, because I always ask the question during our anime corners, if you don't remember or were never around uh, to witness the great greatness, greatness, that was anime <laughs> corner. There we go. Well, we use that term loosely here. Um, that I would normally ask a question, and we come up with that as a fit that question. But the question we're actually thinking about today, week, month, year, however long it's been. Um, classics. It wasn't even raised by us. It wasn't even raised by us. This was actually raised by DJ. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, pretty much. May I, may I give the background on this? Sure. You got, you got a story. I I do. I do. It's Rob's story time now. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple of the bigger names in anime, at least Western anime guys on YouTube, Started up an interesting discussion. Uh, it started with a video posted by Giguk talking about the death of classic anime. And his argument basically being that anime has changed a lot. We have gone fully mainstream with anime in the market these days. And because the quality has generally been getting better the last few years in particular, it's actually become very difficult to go and pull out, you know, what is a true modern classic these days as compared to what we looked at in the 80s, the 90s, and the earlier parts of the 2000s. There was definitely more staples back then. There's still stuff that even newer anime fans go back to and look at, your Cowboy Bebops and whatnot. 
In contrast, Jeff Thune, professional shitbag, his words, not mine. <laughs> I don't know why he uses that handle. Had to get that out. Uh, over at Mother's Basement, posted a reply video. And he makes a very interesting argument that, and this might sound a little bit inflammatory, but I, I do encourage people, watch both of these videos back to back and see what you get out of it. Because I know, while I didn't necessarily change my opinions, I will say it got me thinking a lot more proactively. He makes the argument that, especially for Western audiences, our access to anime for such a long time was so limited. It largely came down to what licensing companies were bringing stuff over. It's not so much, at least in his mind, that we had true classics. It's more that we were in a very niche market and there's certain niche classics. There's cult classics, just like in film. And that... While he doesn't believe the anime has gone mainstream fully, he thinks it's getting there, but hasn't fully reached that level, that there still are, and possibly at an even bigger level, more classics than ever that we'll be able to look back on. Both of these videos were really thought-provoking. I cannot say that I have had an intellectual moment in an anime discussion in a long time. Uh, and for people that have been listening for a long time, they know that DJ consumes basically everything that comes out in a dubbed form, whether it be through Crunchyroll, Funimation, uh, Amazon Prime. He just consumes all the modern stuff and has been forever. Tyler consumes, well, everything anime. I, John, I, I watch a lot of it. Yeah, <laughs> he does. You put us all to shame. Uh, John watches the stuff that he just knows he's going to like and on recommendations. And I, in the last two years, have been watching a lot more. It's just got... DJ calls me up every once in a while. And this is really what it came down to. I sent him the links to these videos because I thought it was something that he would really go and find interesting. And DJ, resident stoner and fish guy, becomes a freaking road Scholar and just starts laying it all out there. <laughs> he is just divulging all of his opinions on this and an intellectual argument that I've never heard come out of his mouth before. I'm just like, whoa, whoa, just stop, stop. We need to record this. This is weird. Um, and yeah, everybody that I have shown those videos have definitely been, they've had some interesting opinions on there. So I thought we would bring this here. And DJ was just like, yes, yes, you should. So, yeah, DJ pretty much inspired this entire episode. Hmm. So uh, I'm going to shut up for a little while. I just wanted to give the background and context to this. And, uh, yeah, Tyler, this is your corner. Yeah. This is your dank, dusty little corner. Ooh, it's so, yeah, we got to blow Can it. Can we at least upgrade from a CRT monitor? <laughs> no, that's vintage now. We got to keep that. Yeah. <laughs> it works. You just got to whack it every now and then. Yeah. The colors was, aren't even right. I like I like it when the static builds up and you touch it and it gets all tingly. There's <laughs> a nice hum in it all the time. Okay. So we're talking about animes. Um God, how do you start this? How do you even it's like you can't even defining classics. What is a classic to you? Uh anyone jump in anytime you want, but uh I'm just gonna go and say my opinion on this is kind of in the camp of oh it's a weird gray area mm -hmm. 
because it uh, those videos, as I mentioned, uh, did talk about such things as the videos we had for what we kind of consume as classics, uh, what we used to watch. Uh, anime was very um, hard to get along, hard to get. There was like not there was an episode of something at some time or there are shows coming out, but you weren't like bombarded by what we are now. Nowadays, I do have to admit, I can see tons of movies and TV show or tons of animes coming out and I will not look at all of them. I will just see what kind of gets traction after three episodes and what hits the internet, I guess what uh, vibrates on the internet or goes viral on there. And if there's people talking about things that are good, then I'll start watching them. But other than that, it's like I'm watching the main ones. Uh, that's 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 saying a lot where like I have to go, OK, I guess I'll only watch maybe three anime seasons or three, uh, <laughs> three seasons of anime this season because there's there's just too much. Um, it's certainly and, not 2015 anymore where it's just like you got Jojo's Bizarre Adventure and One Punch Man. <laughs> Man, yeah, it's. It comes like that. There are there's ups and downs, but then that's part of it. Uh, but there are still sh it's a big thing for me to say, hey, I'll go back and watch things. Um, mm -hmm. It's hard to say even what a classic is like. I can go back and try and think of watching some of the core core shows I watched when I was younger. And can I go back and watch them? Are they entertaining as they used to be? Uh would I suggest people to watch them? There are some that I do say, hey, you should watch this. This is good. Uh, this is quality stuff. I remember, this is a story I remember just, oh, God, how long ago is this? Maybe five, over five years ago. Six years ago. Six years ago, at least. Um, where I was talking with someone who was also into anime. And what we talked about wasn't, the core of our, our conversations weren't, wasn't about what is currently airing. Like, what are you watching right now? Because that's nowadays, that's mostly the common thing is like, what are you watching right now that's coming out this season? Uh, because that's there's so much always coming out that you can just have that conversation of like, what are you watching currently? Uh, what we talked about is what we were talking about. What have you watched uh, shows that we really liked and said, oh, you should check this out. You should check this out. Um, we had a it was really odd is because what we were always suggesting to each other the other one had never actually watched uh so we would always be like oh i've what i thought was really good uh anime was this one this one this one and my friend was like oh i've never actually watched any of those ones i watched this one this one this one and we're like well uh we should watch you should watch those you should like see how those are and then we would just be trading animes that we, we thought were good and they, they'd be animes from the not like recent animes. They'd be like a couple years old, maybe older. Um, but that was kind of how we did it is it wasn't, it was the ones that stuck with, uh, stuck with us and were good at the time. And we still thought about like when we were talking, talking shop about anime, it was about, Hey, you should go back and watch these ones, these ones, these ones. If you like this, there are some really good ones in there that you can just get a story from. It's almost as if, you're not watching anime to be up with all the kids of like, what's the local trends, which is kind of what's happening a bit. Now I would say is there is the hot new anime in this culture, in this scene um, of like, what is currently hot right now? Uh, 
as the dating of this, I can say currently hot right now is a lot of people are watching things like Shield Hero. That one's definitely getting a lot of market uh, uh, viral. viral it, it, yeah. it, I, mean, I would say it's getting a lot of market attention. I don't yeah. know. Shield Hero is kind of a weird one because, yeah, definitely a lot of people are watching it. But I think almost in kind of the way they watched Attack on Titan the first season. Yeah. Like, there's definitely something good there. But I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's necessarily deserving of a lot of the praise or if it just came in at a good time. That's another thing. Yeah, there is also timing. Timing is a good thing. Um, a weird one. Uh, <laughs> so there are there are some staples. Uh, that's the whole idea right now is that Shield Hero is a style of anime. The uh, I That wasn't a term before. Like, I didn't even think about that. I was just like, my those were my... Those are my core anime types that I always go is like the ones where you're transported to another world or fantasy world or something like that. Uh, I didn't have a name for that. I was like, uh, also, I didn't have a three animes of those a season coming out. I had, <laughs> I had maybe one or two and then eh, that's really ramped up and that's kind of the trend. Before that, it was just like, yeah, you watch Sword Art and then maybe two seasons later, you saw like uh, Log Horizon and kind of like that and it just sort of jumped up uh and then re-zero that was a good one uh, i'm just gonna end up there yeah, no go for it yeah i don't want to name animes that's that'll just be the rabbit yeah, hole no. <laughs> well, well especially in isekais let's be honest here yeah <laughs> so that's that's crazy how that's kind of the thing that's like really popular right now before that was always mech stuff too it was like all the gundams was that was really big but mm-hmm. uh i digress um what point of story i had a point to my story it yeah. was what we were talking about were animes that were like had interesting stories that stuck with us that we were like when we were talking having conversations like oh you should watch this one because it was always about story that was always the big thing is like it had this interesting story or something um which you think about and it sticks with you where you watch it they're never super long or anything there weren't they weren't the shonen ones they're always like 12 episodes and it was like suggesting a good book almost in the I, sense yeah no i i, I can agree, i can agree with that uh, may, may i just yes re- go go ahead like so i don't know i i'm actually somewhat torn on this if i had to pick sides in the argument i would definitely lean more in gigax argument um and it's really just because particularly 2018 I have never consumed as much anime in that period of time, you know, in the course of a year since like 2006, when I built my first computer, when I started doing fan subs and all of that, which, you know, thing of the past at that point, I had never watched as much anime as I did in 2006. And I might've beaten that in 2018. There were so many good shows that either came out that year or had within the previous two seasons that had come out that just captured my attention. And while I can't say all of them necessarily, um, I would call masterpieces. I watched a hell of a lot of them from Violet Evergarden, Seven Deadly Sins, Darling in the Franks, um, Made in the Abyss. Uh, let's see here. Uh, God, what the hell is the one? Um, it's one of my new favorite series, and I'm forgetting the name. I, oh, don't you hate that? You're like, I really like this thing, but I can't remember. Uh, a place called. further than the universe. There we go. Oh man, okay, yeah. Oh, seriously, that show. Mm. 
Yeah, that's yeah. one. That's one I haven't watched. There's a oh, lot of I, dramas that I haven't watched because they're yeah. just not my thing. I, I saw Madhouse did it, and I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I really, you should not put as much stock into an animation company, but damn it, there's just something about you... Madhouse and Bones that I will always at least look at their stuff. You should though. There, that is yeah. that is a thing. Is like that's how I base things. Is I'll look at the production companies, and I'll be like, these guys always put out things I like. So I will look at their next thing. Um, and very rarely do I... Well, there, there are some production companies that like jump from one type to another where like they do a lot of things I do like and then they do something that is the complete opposite. And, yeah. But you no, can that, tell. You can tell. That's definitely the case. And um, I'm, I'm going to resist an urge to just go on a Madhouse rant on how much I love this fucking studio. But going back to the point that we're making... 2018 might have been the best year in anime ever. Here's the problem, though. I just mentioned that one of my new favorite shows of all time came out in, uh, I think, January of 2018. I couldn't even remember the name. Yeah. There was yeah. just so much oversaturation, and I think it's going to be hard for me in a couple of years <laughs> to really make a recommendation around that. You know, th this season, I think, is going to be very easy for me. Carol and Tuesday is the only show that I think has a chance of being one that I would recommend down the road outside of, you know, the ones that are either continuing or long running ones. You know, I'm, I, I don't know what else I can go and say other than, you know, uh, Attack on Titan redeemed itself for me in season two. Mm -hmm. And oh, it's yeah. at this point still. But I can't say I'm going to be recommending it. The Fruits Basket remake is good. It's better than the original, but I don't know. I think the genre uh, that was a lot of that, uh, a lot of those shoujo type series just have evolved so much beyond that source material. I just don't, I love it. I, I've owned the entire manga series and I'm having a hard time watching the actual uh, TV series at this point. Hmm. Um, this season's been a little bit off, but you know, that's, I think just because we're contrasting it with one of the best years we ever had. And it's hard for me to really make a lot of good recommendations because of that. There's a couple of them that really stand out, uh, but like Devilman Crybaby, I could only really recommend that to like somebody that's been in the anime scene for a long time that can appreciate something that is very clearly based on a 70s cheesy concept, just taken to the nth degree. It's amazing. Um, Violet Evergarden was amazing. That actually got emotion out of me, which... I mean, I, I haven't been... God, I... Sorry, I'm ranting. There was a lot of good anime last year. That's all Wait. I'm saying. But com compared to, like, back in the day... I, Tyler, I've made a couple of weird recommendations to you for shows yeah. to watch. Yep. And, yeah, they're ones that always will come to mind. GTO, in particular, is just such an awesome show. It looks really dated to this point. You can definitely tell it came out in 2000. But if you reanimated every scene with modern animation techniques and changed absolutely nothing about it, it would be just as good of a show today as it ever would. It has staying power. It's memorable. It's unique. And it came out at the right time. And I think that's more what this is. Like, like I said, uh, kind of agreeing with Gigguk's premise here, anime has very much gone mainstream. And Japan, I think, has really noticed it in the last five years. 
I mean, my God, Sony bought Funimation for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Adelation Entertainment, aka Crunchyroll, uh, is owned by I think it's NBC Universal, if I remember correctly. And they're putting a lot of money into that. They're even starting to make their own original productions, not licensing other companies. They're opening up their own animation studio. Though I'm not going to talk about High Magic Spice because I'm still very confused by that teaser trailer they came out with. Uh, More on that for another anime corner, I'm sure. Uh, But yeah, like GTO, the original Mobile Suit Gundam, those ones... They were such unique things in the eras that they came out in, and they really captured people's attention. Cowboy Bebop is not only still in the top 50 for my anime list, which definitely tends to trend more towards more recent shows, just with how the voting process works. Mm-hmm. It's still in the top 50 for a reason. It is still just as good of a show today as it was when it came out. And it's really easy to recommend for that reason. Gurren Logan made me fucking cry. It did. Oh god, that made me Gosh. feel. Oh, it had it had the best ending too. It, had... it really, it really did. With Simon and Nia having kids and Kamina coming back to Rob, life. Rob, Rob, what? we keep going over this. You're in denial. You're in denial. <laughs> if I could, is it all right if I jump in real quick? No, yeah, go ahead. Say so wouldn't you also say like a classic anime would be one that would continue to like influence things or Oh hell yeah. To a certain degree, like one of my personal favorite animes that I enjoy that I go back to every now and then came out in like the eighties, and that was Fist of the North Star. Oh hmm. uh, yeah. yeah. And Fist of the North Star is definitely a product of its era. It had the post apocalyptic <laughs> background <laughs> of um you because that was on everybody's mind. It had um it had the stereotypical buff guy that ripped off his shirt whenever he did combat, but the thing an action hero. (laughs) Yeah. And everybody exploded that he punched. And then you go forward a few years, like you see so many animes out there that draw inspiration from it. In fact, they did this new series called fist, the blue sky, which is a prequel to North star, which I honestly enjoy quite a bit, but even now, it's like you see uh, a modern video game came out of Fist of the North Star as well. And that game, that was good too, but you watch some of these fans, like even like Grin Login or other series out there, and I think uh, Fist of the North Star influenced a lot of things. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, I, God, I'm trying to remember. There was actually a studio that was basically founded just on that kind of animation, and I think it eventually spawned into A1 Pictures, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Like it's had a big influence in the her in the you know genre as a whole. I don't think you get shows like uh, Berserk without something like that, or Claymore for that matter. No, just the um, where it's able to throw in the violence and just make it work, mm-hmm. and not just have it be about the oversaturated violence. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say, <laughs> Rob, a lot of the, here is the point. A lot of the animes you just talked about that you really like that you watched. Mm-hmm. Um, like Violet Evergarden, uh, Devil Crybaby, um, you uh, farther point than uh, uh, farther farther point than the universe. You say, uh, yeah, they go to Alaska, whatever. Not Alaska, Antarctica. Yeah, uh, man, yeah. Those ones, I actually haven't watched any of those ones. Yeah, <laughs> and that's there's my that's like a weird point, a weird weird point to this is. Yeah. A lot of it is it is very niche of like what people do and don't like. So you can it's like books now. It's as mainstream as a book. I can go read a book. You can go read a book and we can 
go, oh, I like these ones. And you go, I like these ones. This one's good. And then we can share our books. And then we go read a story, watch a story. Well, if you're doing subs, you're still reading a story. Um, but it is like there is just so much around that it's just it can hit every genre and and the weird even like then that comes down to like what is a classic maybe classics uh it does break that down to be well there really isn't any anymore because that has to be kind of good for everybody where even when you got like the classics of books uh there are some classics out there that are very dry and uh it's pretentious to say what a classic is uh, where there are some that you read and you're like, well, this is not very good at all in my standing of, of what I'm watching or doing. But some people say it's a classic, therefore it must be. But those are pretentious people, snobs that say what is and isn't. And they like it for a certain reason that actually doesn't make it uh, palpable to everyone, which kind of has to happen, but kind of doesn't. I and that's one of those things where it's like that's where you start blending into the cult cult classic argument. Um, yeah, that's honestly the thing that I will say out of Mother's Basement's video that I took the most away from because while I don't really agree with the argument that all of the classic series that we used to watch were these you know totally niche market pieces, I do have to agree with the fact that yeah, everybody has their own taste. And accessibility has gotten so much better that, yeah, you can't really recommend everything for everybody because it's just too much out there. You're going to find something you're going to like more than necessarily what I'm going to recommend. I mean, honestly, I consider it to be somewhat of a blessing that, like, GTO and, um, let's see here, what other what other ones have I recommended that you actually watched? Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, Kaiji. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, like, uh, Kaiji is one that I have a hard time recommending to a lot of people. I'm glad that I picked the right mark with you, Tyler, that you were able to watch it and appreciate it. Because it, it's that definitely one, not one I can recommend for everybody. It, it's a weird story. And like that one, I do have to take a side is that I watched that one and then I was like, I don't know. But then there's things in that that stuck with me that I just kept thinking about. And so... It did like paras uh, parasitically got in my mind a bit a little bit of that uh, that show. Uh, I still haven't watched the second season, but um, I've thought about it. <laughs> if that means anything, so uh, oh, you've muted yourself. Rob is talking, but we can't hear him. Son of a bitch! <laughs> there you go. No, I was gonna say I totally understand, and not to go with Derelia, but. If you like the first season, you'll love the second. It's much better paced. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So just yeah. wanted to get that one thrown out because uh, I hate to say I had not fully finished it because uh, I used to sub for the company and then they got a season desist and then I never found out on who actually had licensed it and never watched it. And then, oh, it's on Crunchyroll. Yeah. yeah. Also, the third series is uh, out now as well. That just finished up last season. There's uh, a third season of that? Well, it's not, it's not Kaiji this time around. It's Mr. Tonegawa's Adventures Middle Management. Oh, so that <laughs> is the same. It is. Was, okay. I was like, yes, man, that's the exactly. exact same it's art style. Side character from the second season. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like looking at that. I was like, yeah, that's the same art style and everything. It looks exactly like that. But maybe that's just a coincidence. But no, God. No, those noses are too unique. <laughs> that's the thing. It has a very unique art style. And that that's another thing that sets it apart. That's a thing that like happens with 
uh, video games uh, to make them stand apart and make them kind of age differently and have a weird lasting power is that they look artistically different from everything that's out there. So you look at it and go, that is different style. And so it's easy to like um, take it away from everything you see. It's it's easier to recognize, I guess, because it's not just the same thing, which can happen with a lot of anime. It's a lot of anime looks all the same. Uh, yeah. It, that, it's, sorry, getting I, more I, than, it's getting more that way now that it's gone digital. I, I think yeah. you're definitely right on that. Um, and I'm sure that you're going to have a lot to say on this one, DJ, because I know you're you're an artist and you look at things artistically, but something I've been thinking about a lot recently, and this kind of plays into what Tyler is making a point of with Sword Art Online and Isekai series. Anime for a long time has been experimental, and I think that's what's worked so well for some of those you know classic series. Uh, something that I find kind of interesting. So I remember back when the whole Moe trend was really getting going in the early 2000s when you had series like Air and Canon that were out. But it hadn't really become something that had permeated the market. It was still something very unique, you know, that feeling of Moe that goes along with it. It reminded me again, because as I told you, Rob, some of these terms, I just only figured out what they were about half hour <laughs> There's something that seems so pure and innocent that you can't help but want to jump up and fight to defend it. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, okay. That, that, that real, that cute art style that just, you, you can't really go and explain, but it's just out there, like K-On, for example. Yeah. Or okay. um, Zombieland Saga. Okay. Although a little bit less so with Zombieland Saga, depending on what moment you're in. Yeah. Um, but I think about where that started on how unique that was back in the day with shows like Air. And now I think about where we're at and just like scrolling through, you know, pick any random season in the last five years and just look through and there are so many series that are just banking on that moe element to their female characters. And for the record, I like this. There's <laughs> actually a lot more slice of life shows, which I really like. Mm -hmm. yeah, I can't say it's my go-to necessarily, but I love slice of life shows. They are my guilty pleasure. Exactly. And a lot of those star female protagonists. And it works really well. There's something that's engaging about that style. But it's just weird seeing on how it's evolved and turned into this. And then with shows of the isekai genre, I think they're continually getting better and better and better. We haven't hit to the apex. We haven't found the real peak of where that goes. Because, like, I remember Dot Hack Sign and GU and all those ones um, that kind of came before that. Then you had Sword Art Online that really took off and got people into this world. Now we've got shows like Shield Hero, ReZero, oh, My Guilty Pleasure, Konosuba. Um, oh, Konosuba. That's, that's it's peak right there. That's where I, it's I, peak. I think that's as close as we've come to perfection right there. <laughs> I still uh, think o Overlord deserves some mention. Well, yeah, definitely. That's another one. It's like... <laughs> well, that's in... They have a whole Ikusai, Isekai, Isekai quartet, qu yeah. quartet. Yeah, with, with uh, Overlord and Konosuba and ReZero and... Uh, uh, is that it? What's the other one? There's, There's another one. one. I oh, can't remember. Oh, Tanya, Tanya, the, that one was a really good show yeah. too. <laughs> oh man, shit. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's still developing. We're still figuring out where that line is. You know, what will be the quintessential series for this? Because I think we found it in Moe with K on. I don't think that we found that yet 
for the rest of these. <laughs> but I don't know. We'll we'll see. But yeah, DJ, I'm just I'm kind of curious on what your take is on this. Just because, yeah, we're talking about. It's you know, interesting. You, there's a lot of the different points, you, balances you guys are talking there. It's like some of them. I completely understand where the whole market saturation thing definitely plays into it. Like you're talking about trying to remember stories you know you really liked, but it's so buried now. You're trying to pull it back out. I mean, good God, my filing cabinet is such a chaos anymore. I used to think that I actually understood the anime I watched and had a great catalog of it because of the, the pace at which I was digesting them matched the pace at which I could acquire them. But that's not even the close to the case. You yeah. discovered my anime list, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, no, I was looking. I was looking at that before this thing, just trying to get um, better in the frame. Of <clears throat> oh, have you oh, lost he's, DJ? He's Done. dead. Whoa! <laughs> you died for a second. We lost you entirely. <laughs> Whoa! Repeat your entire thought pattern in exact oh. wordage. Oh, forget that. I'll just re rework a new one. And anyway, sing it lyrically in three fourths time. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> but any in any case, basically, what I was saying before I died, apparently, and came back. Um, Thank you, Dragon Balls. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dragon Balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, that's my own balls. Oh no. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, Vegeta, find the dragon ball. <laughs> we get it. You're an old man. You're dragon balls. <laughs> <laughs> DJ, continue with your oh, thought. You're such infants. Oh, my God. Anyway, what I was saying before we all became 12 years old again. <laughs> we are watching a lot of anime. Let's be honest here. Yeah. Anyhow, what I was saying was uh, the other day I watched a movie on Netflix, an anime. It was based on, I think it was based on a manga and maybe a series, but it was about a uh, a deaf kid and a um, and her basically time at school and this guy basically uh, who was bullying her and then later tries to make amends for it. Mm, it was a real yeah. slice of life kind of thing. It was talk about heartfelt, man. I don't, it didn't make me cry, but it definitely put a lump in my throat. Yeah. And then, and then flip the other side. Now I'm watching Food Wars for the first time, <laughs> and I've always just seen the title screen. I never bothered to read anything into it. That's kind of what I do, folks. I don't like to read into anime anymore. I gave up trying to watch previews because stuff is sometimes for a while there, as Rob said, so similar. If you watch too much of a preview, you get the whole series before you even seen the whole thing. It sucks, especially when you see a lot of shit. You start to recognize things too soon, but it's nice to see stuff that. Uh, can catch you off guard like that still. And that was made, what, 2016. So that's somewhat dated, but I say it has just as much flair as anything nowadays, if not knocks the park out of anything else. Well, that, but that's the thing. That like, is, is it really outdated when it's only two and a half years old? Well, it depends. Well, the problem is that two and a half years old says, seems like a, seems like a, it doesn't seem like that much to technology. Or, but in the terms of anime, it's crazy to think about that because it used to be it took two and a half years. We get, I mean, you look at when Dragon Ball Z originally aired in Japan. It was 1986 to 1998. By 1998, we hadn't even gotten Dragon Ball yet. Let we had just gotten Dragon Ball, let alone Dragon Ball GT. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can we can we just pretend that didn't happen? Yeah, let's pretend GT never happened. Yeah. I mean, even Akira Toriyama basically says it didn't happen. Well, sorry, I'm just, I'm just trying to say within a franchise that we're, we're talking about something that we yeah. think of as coming out so much later into the 2000s, but that's the whole thing of accessibility. It's so open now that 
I feel is the, uh, the, the timing, the whole timing thing. I think that's going to have a lot of to do with what really stays anymore. But the people who were part of the basically the inception of where anime was before technology went crazy. I mean, think about it. If we hadn't didn't have like even the ability to talk the way we're talking now, the way it was back in the day, how much if that was still anime was still accessible at that rate, we'd probably be looking at it somewhat the same way. Even if it was still being produced better, if the availability was still like that, it would probably be a little bit different. That's because fair. you're moving things through things so fast anymore. I mean, you, you go through, instead of going through four animes in a year, <clears throat> you're going through four in a month. I mean, it's yeah. retarded. Yeah, no, we have seasons. We have seasons of anime, so we got four seasons in a year. And then you can be watching however many in that season. And then and anybody the next can. One. And yeah. anyone can do that. You don't have to have 15 terabytes of hard drive to be able to do that. It used to be only certain people could do that. It's now everyone can do it because it's so accessible. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. But, I mean, Rob, I asked Rob to send me some anime series once, and he <clears> sent <throat> me a shopping bag full of DVDs. Well, by the time I got around to watching them, I could have I could watch them on Netflix, and I already had. So it kind of <laughs> <laughs> <avoided> the point. <laughs> <laughs> the package took what uh, four, four years to get to me. And at one point, we were only 10 miles apart. <laughs> <laughs> Took a long time to burn a man, okay? <laughs> also, please tell me you've destroyed those, because I really just want... Uh, FBI, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, this is all just a hypothetical. This is just a joke. I mean, we didn't actually do that. Well, hopefully... No I didn't pirate no shit. I don't think they care about that anymore. I hope not, because I gave them away. <laughs> well, remember, there are those whole fan episode things that I remember seeing that all the time when I was streaming. Like this is this is a fan episode, fan and so subs, you can't, yeah, you can't sell or buy, so it's free to you. So watching it is not illegal, but you can't sell it. So mm -hmm. if you never sold it, you're good. Yeah, <laughs> but you can't say you gave it away because that's soliciting. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, just yeah, that's the thing is technology i feel has changed it so much but at the same point it's so cool to see the quality that they're producing now like we were talking about things like gurren log and i'm i or even like black lagoon that mm -hmm. series was i think one of the a series that i really feel had some, uh, I was exploring an action movie style of the genre that it hadn't seen in a long time, but in a really new, revamped, fun way. Like it really felt real to me. Like the places they were talking about, it made sense. It yeah. was outlandish, but it still, it felt like a really good, pardon the ton, but it felt like a really good, like a, uh, maybe I'm using the wrong movie, maybe like a really good diehard movie or something. I mean, it felt like a really good action classic, kind of like how Kill Bebop was. It was, it, it had, at least at moments, it felt like it had a lot of calculation in it. No, you no. you could definitely see that as being something with uh, Willis or a uh, a Sylvester Stallone or something like that in a starring role in a film, and it would but, work. But what mm -hmm. I'm saying here is I'm laying the groundwork for later on. More series have come out to try to do that, but they don't have the soul fulfill, I guess, in that respect. They don't feel like they would translate over. Not in a 100% way. I'm not trying to start that argument, but you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They don't have that depth. I mean, you were talking about the wholesome people that are they're pleasing to watch, but then it just sticks with you. I mean, I watched a Gundam series. I've been telling Rob about this. I had nightmares all the way through Khan about a colony getting dropped on the on the on the planet <laughs> after watching a Gundam series. I had that nightmare for fucking a month. Huh. And I look at it and laugh, and, and still at the same time go, God, shit, that feels like it could be real. 
Mm-hmm. Because just the way they portrayed it and stuff. Anything, in my opinion, that that really defines anime and what keeps it around is the what message was it trying to be? Was it trying to send? Was it trying to just be an artwork? Was it a deeper like story and an artwork? I mean, what what le- how deep is it? What level is it? Where does it exist? Because well, they all have different levels. And DJ, you and I had talked about this on the phone, completely out of this, but yeah. We had talked about how anime has changed a lot, and I think something that's working for it now that also keeps them from being classics is that a lot of that experimental period of anime where they did... The ones that really did stand out were like Legends of the Galactic Heroes, uh, Gurren Lagann, Cowboy Bebop. They were ones that were telling stories that gave us real depth into the characters and we're trying to go and give a message in some way or another that's something that really worked for mobile suit gundam it's not a mecha show it's actually a political drama at the heart of it but they mask it so well nowadays and this is both a compliment and a massive disservice i think to the anime world part of what's changed now is that with anime having seemingly gone mainstream I've been noticing a lot more Western influence in how a lot of these series are done. And in some cases, it really works well when you have a creator that fully understands the nature of what they're working with, with shows like One Punch Man uh, or uh, My Hero Academia or (coughs) Academia. Jeez, I do not know what goes wrong with me every time I try to say that. (laughs) Both of those shows are really heavily influenced by uh, Western movies and Western television just in the way that their narrative and comedy writing is set in there. It's very different from a lot of animes that are out there, whether you're watching it in the English uh, subtitles or in the English dub. Both of them, it really shows well and works near universally. And while those ones have definitely stuck out, I can't say that a lot of shows that have adopted similar methodology necessarily yeah have the same kind of impact as what a lot of the old stuff did because yeah it's definitely being anime's being made differently now and it's a good thing it's more marketable it's more approachable it's much easier to distribute now but it's also kind of changing the heart of what it is at this point you know? yeah i think that colors of SakuraCon represent that i've attended that convention for 15 years uh, gonna be 15 years next year i did the math wrong <laughs> uh, 15 years this year good thing i didn't put the patch on this year i felt like an idiot <laughs> anyway no looking, looking at it from that perspective and looking at what surely exists at that con i feel like that has kind of represented it i mean you look at look at a show like rick and morty imagine if that came out back in 2007 what kind of feathers that would have ruffled? Actually, in 2007, I feel that kind of show, there was some uh, crazy, there were some weird shows on at late night adult uh, I like guess after you're right. hours. Yeah, so, you're right. But I feel I like could, it would have been interesting to see what it would have worked against. Like, I think Futurama would have been its biggest competition at that point. Yeah, Futurama I, was already done at that point. <laughs> I guess you're right, it was. I, I, think, I think that's, I think really... It, this might not be the point you're going for there, DJ, but like a show like Venture Brothers, which has held up and I actually think has gotten better as time's gone oh, along. Oh, sure. Yeah, because people, are, I think, are now more accepting of that kind of medium. That show only survived the first season because William Street Entertainment, who runs Adult Swim, were so passionate about the project and what they wanted to do with it long term. That's the only reason they stuck with it, despite low ratings 
and a general lack of interest for a show that cost more than all of their other shows combined to produce the first season of. It's funny because it, it wasn't seeming like it got its ball rolling until about the third one. It realized it, it realized it had its own identity. When I it figured that out is when it is what made it last. I, I think that was around the time that people actually started watching it seriously because the first season was not a big success. Season two was a mild success, and season three it hit its stride. But they put more budget behind it. The production quality was a lot better. Wasn't it one of the only few shows too that was hand drawn? Uh in its early days. You might right. actually be right, because a lot of that was Flash animated that they were doing, like Aqua Teen Hunger Force and 12-Ounce Mouse. I I think in its early days it was, then it later evolved to digital. Yeah. yeah. Because I remember the early, the early one for sure. I mean, you look at the way... It was supposed to be a, like a Johnny Quest knockoff. Of course, <laughs> the, first, the first stuff, at least it was made to look like that. It was like a sequel to Johnny Quest. Yeah, that's what my dad pointed out well, the first time he saw it. He goes, what is this, Johnny Quest? Well, didn't they make a joke about that in season yeah. two with Action Yeah, Johnny? because Johnny Quest shows up and he's like just... He's a cracked out idiot. Cracked out, washed out. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was one of the best episodes of Action Johnny. <laughs> my dad's seen that one. He actually got that. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, there we go. So we've established that actually Venture Brothers is a classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Venture Brothers think that... is totally my favorite anime. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, well, you look at the influence it, that anime that it drew from to be able to be where it is. Dr. Girlfriend is by far the most westernized anime style girl that has ever been in an American in cartoon. Dr. Girlfriend. That's a bold think... claim. That, that is actually a really bold claim. Very yeah. bold. Well, in general television, from if yeah, you think yeah. about in the last ten years, think about any other character that uses that has her personality and uses herself in that way that is also then looks that attractive in an American drawn cartoon. Uh, I can only think of is is uh, the Doctor's wife in Archer, who is uh, uh, like a holographic uh, <laughs> uh, made anime girl. So, yeah. It's, it's, it's mail order bride. Then, then, then that this total agreeance with my point because it's an anime mail order There we go. Bingo. We have a winner. Krieger was the best character in that show. Oh, dear God. I mean, yeah. you even you even jump all the way back to when Airbender first came out. I go, what? That was the precursor of what we're seeing. And then you got shows like the new um, the new Rebirth of She-Ra. Heck, it draws straight back from its 80 cartoon, 80s cartoons roots, but it's definitely drawn its uh, a lot of roots from what is developed in anime today. So it's kind of amazing to see where it really has melded into culture in so many ways. But we'll know it's truly gone when no women have cleavage lines. <laughs> that's when it will have fully gone mainstream to a scary point. That's when the world, I, that's well, a world I don't want to live in. Me, me, no, no, like that's half cle a cleavageless world. <laughs> <laughs> no. Where there's no more cleavage on my dark magician girl, we've oh, got no. a problem. Oh no. Or the blue dragon dub. <laughs> <laughs> oh that, gosh. That, that, that was a bad attempt at bringing something to America that probably shouldn't have. That blue dragon was awesome. It, that, the game was awesome. The series wasn't bad. It's just. What they know, Yu Gi Oh got uh, Yu Gi Oh got like popular. That's like that might be a classic mm -hmm. too because everyone knows who Yu Gi Oh is and what Yu -Gi -Oh Digimon is. would be a classic. Yu Gi Oh yeah. it <laughs> introduced anime based card games even more than Pokemon did. Mm. If you think about it, Pokemon was more about the video games than the card games, mm. especially when you look at the lasting power of it. How many Yu Gi Oh editions have they come out with? I, I don't know. I suspect that probably Pokemon cards still sold better, but. 
I can certainly say that I I've never seen something like when Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links came out. I have never seen a reaction to a card game going digital as that. Like I I don't know. I I've not done any research on this for the record, so forgive me if I'm totally off base here, but like <clears throat> Magic the Gathering has maintained its popularity in card games forever. Mm-hmm. They have a digital format. I have not heard anybody as rabid about it uh, when it when it launched as what happened when Duel Links came out. Hmm. Like, I don't know what it was. It's like all these people, all these Yu-Gi-Oh fans that I didn't know existed were just like, oh my God, now I can go and play it against other people, but I don't need to go somewhere where I'm seen playing Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> that I, I definitely think that it has a more dedicated player base despite probably not selling as well because Pokemon also has the advantage of just being popular amongst kids at all ages and demographics yeah I still know adults that are collecting those damn cards and it's just like why we've proven they don't hold value because they look cool they pretty much do. That's the problem. Is the artwork on them looks good, and I don't buy them for that reason. But I almost do because yeah. I do like the artwork. I do like to see what the new sets come out to see just how ridiculous. Oh god, yeah. Detective Pikachu! Detective, yeah. Did you get that while going to the movie? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. That's still that's the thing. That's the. Pop, Those are going to be worth money one day. You watch. Everybody will throw them away, and the next thing you know, twenty years from now, my Terrier Mon Digimon card from the movie. Mm. Oh yeah. Does that yeah. have any value? Because <laughs> I'm I not sure that series do. still has any value. Probably just, probably just sentimental. <laughs> yeah. Sentimental to me. Yep. <laughs> there you go. For the record, I'm so sorry, Digimon. You, you deserve better than what you've gotten. You really do. Yeah. Uh, everyone still knows what Digimon are. Would That's you say nice. Metabots is a... Uh, a classic? A classic. Ooh. Ooh. That, I that, can't... I that can't... Is, Find Monster Rancher, all that from that period. That was a bunch of interesting business. We weren't those all video games too. There was a bunch those, of those two in particular were yeah. Yeah, Monster yeah. Rancher was a video game, really um, good one actually. I want to Bandai. The real reason it came over here because I remember the figures. I still kept myself. I didn't get a Super B or whatever the uh, what's his name Meta B. Yeah, I, I always yeah that the it definitely one that sticks in my mind. I have. Ed. The entire when I was younger, I collected all the action figures, so I had the whole set of Metabots. You had, you don't still I, have. I still have. Oh, still good, have. good, you good. Proudly on display in my room. Good. <laughs> I can't find an undubbed version of Metabots. Everything I find is only like four kids dubbed ones. I. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this right now. It's so, not horrible. So I, I, I am going to divulge more personal information that anybody needs to know. So <clears throat> one of the fan subs groups that I was with uh, was called Lunar. And we, for a while, were trying to preserve the integrity of anime because we did see what For Shame Entertainment was doing. And we were trying at one point uh, to try to go and find a whole bunch of shows that had bad dubs. And we were trying to preserve them in their original format. We couldn't in 2009 find that series. Like, I don't know if it is just forgotten by the Japanese entirely, if it is lost media. It might have been bigger in the US for the series than what it was in Japan, for all I know. I have no freaking clue. I know it started as a game series, got turned into a television series, and 
it continued to be a game series until like 2014. Hmm. What? Well, that's a shame because it, uh, they have all of Monster Rancher on Hulu. Yeah, no, that that's the weird one. Because I remember that thing having like the worst time trying to be on air just between different acquisitions and it getting traded hands and never fully airing on any one network. Yeah, it was like the early days of One Piece. Kind of, yeah, no. And then just watching the first season on Hulu a few years ago and it's just like, wow, this one's actually as good as I remember it being as a kid. At least for the first season, the second season's kind of... I'm just going to walk away now. Like looking at a dead fish on the bank. That isn't one you caught yourself and just hmm. died there. Hmm. <laughs> well, does anyone have any ideas of what, like, so is everyone in the same camp of not having, like, classics now? Or is it just so, so many things going on that, think... like, thing what a classic is is not really i don't it, know if classic it's a poignant, is a poignant term in today's world yeah i don't know if classics nowadays are as important as classics back then are like if they need to be as important as the ones back then if that makes sense i i, I does make sense because yeah. at the same time we had less access to these series then that's yeah. how they became legends yeah but nowadays Things are so easy to get a hold of. You can go to almost Crunchyroll, Amazon, anywhere to watch these series that there's they're not as rare as they used to be. So I think, and also part of this is it all depends on what people are interested in. Something you might consider a classic might not be what I consider a classic, if that makes sense. Well, because there's genre availability now, that argument actually exists. It didn't exist before because it was such a narrow scope. Mm-hmm. So I think that really adds a third dimension to it that's really going to make it evolve in so many ways. It's much like it, it is like going to a bookshop. I mean, you can look at anything as I just described earlier. I watched a, one about a deaf girl. Next thing I'm watching something about food that turns into a bad sexual metaphor. But in any case, I mean, just it's amazing that sheer span that things are. I think that's that's what's truly going to allow anime to thrive. But as you said the stuff that we remember is not going to be remembered in the same way that kids look at stuff now. Like the kids that are introduced to anime today won't look at anime 10 years from now, the same way we look at it 10 years ago today. That makes Mm -hmm. any sense. That's probably right. To be honest, like, I I don't know. I'm, I'm still kind of torn on this because even on my anime list and and I brought this up before, so I'm not going to waste a lot of breath on it, but just looking through the top 100 anime list series and like, is it once again, this very heavily leans towards newer shows just because the people that are voting on this today are the ones that are still engaged in the community. These aren't the people that were in it 20 years ago. But just looking through this, while there are a ton of newer shows on there, you still have a number one, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. That yeah. wrapped up in 2010. It's really <laughs> good. It's, yeah, no, it's, oh, it's, it's definitely great. But then going down the list here... You know, we've got Legend of the Galactic Heroes at number seven. Let's see here. Let's just go and scroll down a little bit more. Uh, Clan, one of the original Moe store shows that really got things going. At number 14, uh, let's see here. Code Geass, uh, Lelouch of the Rebellion, R2, which season two of Code Geass. Yes, thank you. Uh, that wrapped up in 2008. We've got... Cowboy Bebop at number 27. That 
that wrapped up in 1999. That show is over 20 years old now, for God's yep. sakes. Dang. I mean, you got Mushishi. We've got <laughs> Princess Mononoke in here. We've got the Roroni Kenshin OVAs. Got J There's GTO at number 40. Actually, I'm surprised to see it this far up on the list. <laughs> Gurren Logan, Monster. Wow. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong on this because I, I didn't think anybody else knew Monster but me. <laughs> that wrapped in 2005. I don't know. I Even with something like this, we're still seeing a lot of those classics that people do call back to are still very well represented. That tells me that people, even the younger anime fans, are seeking this kind of stuff out. I don't know. I, th I think that there still is an existence of the classics. I still think that they have a place and an impact in the industry. But yeah, anime has changed a lot. While we've been recording this podcast, I actually tried doing something. And I was looking at the number of mainstream anime that were released in the 1980s, the 1990s, the 2000s, and then in the last five years. There are more anime being produced in the last five years than what was out in the entirety of the 90s. Mm. Whoa. It has grown massively in terms of its popularity, both in Japan and in, you know, the expanded audience, you know, Western and beyond. Anime is changing in a lot of ways, and the sheer volume of stuff that's being produced now is definitely changing the way that we're looking at things. I do wonder how many of the shows from this era are going to be really well-remembered and regarded, quite honestly, just because there's so much here. And it's so much of them is good. I mean, I didn't think I was going to be into something like uh, Megalobox after watching uh, Hajime no Ippo back in the early 2000s. And it's like, damn it, I got brought into a sports anime. Granted, <laughs> it's a futuristic sort of boxing-ish. I, I don't know how to describe it. Uh it's, it's a box is just fun. Uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. it, it definitely is. Um, and seeing revivals of shows like I remember back when Funimation tried to have a television channel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, what that, a piece of garbage. It was pretty bad, but like I remember watching Baki the Grappler, and now what do I see on Netflix trending? Baki the remake. <laughs> They're doubling back on a lot of ideas. I kind of wonder if this is a time period that's going to be remembered for a lot of good shows. Or if this is going to be remembered more as a time of oversaturation of the market. And eventually things will have to come back down again before people really... I don't know. I, I don't see the kind of passion behind anime that I used to. And I think that that's something that is lacking today in the modern market. And part of that's just because it's gone mainstream. I don't see people being rabid about it the way that they used to. They're not seeing people that are like, wow, have you seen this? There's not that clamoring nature of, have you seen this? No, I haven't. Dude, you have to watch this. This was so good. This changed my perspective or this inspired me in this way. I don't see that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah, you're right. Like you don't see as much courtyard discussions. I mean, walking around the con this year, I kind of really noticed that everyone who looked like they were having discussions weren't they having discussions. They were on their phones. Yeah, that's probably something it's, as well. Well they're, spans. well, they're having discussions, but it's just like it's the interface is so different now. 
And I feel like that's one of the things that we always felt was the important part of anime to us, is it brought us to meet each other. I don't think any of us would have met each other otherwise if it wasn't for anime. You think about how different all of our lives are than each other's. I mean, that's probably accurate, to be honest. I mean, most of us did meet either at an anime convention or because of an anime convention. True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And even like, I don't know. It, it, can I ask a question, Tyler? Yes, you can. Ask, so, are you asking it to me or to everyone? I, to, to everybody, but specifically to you because you are the all-consuming type. Oh, yes. Mm. So the insatiable. If, if you were to just or if you were to go and pick out from everything that's come out and let's just say the last five years. Yeah, let's go and give it a little bit of a wider breath. Five years in the last <laughs> five years. What do you think could be described as a modern classic? Because I'm having a bit of a hard time with this one myself. Like this is a question I've been asking really since DJ and I had our first discussion about this, because the more that I think about it, it's like, well, but that one had these issues or this one had that issue. And it's like the only two that I could come up with that might an emphasis on might hit that level to go and be, you know, up there with like, say uh, death note or galactic heroes, cowboy bebop. The only two that I could think of were one punch man and my hero but both of those, I feel like I need to disqualify because in the case of My Hero, it's an ongoing Shonen series. So at some point, it's probably going to go and you know hit the wall and you know lose most of its core audience the same way that so many of these long-running Shonen series do. Or One Punch Man, which I think has to be disqualified just because while I'm enjoying elements of season two, it's definitely suffering from a lack of the same director and budget and animation. And I feel like that's bringing down the first season, which was so good. Hmm. Like I, I'm very curious to hear and from everybody really, but from Tyler in particular, like what do you think might stand the test of time? Like some of those other series that we talked about, because uh, in this market of fully saturated stuff, I just can't think of anything despite loving a lot that's come out the last few years. See, that's the thing is like, you just, you named some that I would suggest like one punch. I watched one punch the first season and I rewatched one punch the first season multiple times. Cause it yeah. is, it is just really good. It's <laughs> not, it's just got story. It's the characters already overpowered. It's a different story. And then it's neat to see him fight. Like there's, there's three, well, I guess the last uh, last two episodes and then one episode in between where he's like actually fighting and going all out. And you're like, oh, shit, that looks really cool. Uh, there's actually more than the episode of that. There's a couple of every episode where you like he actually fights and goes out all out are entertaining to watch. Mm -hmm. um, and so there are just certain scenes in first season of One Punch that I will just go back to watch that one scene because I really liked it and stuck with me. The The, the one with the Fishman Emperor and Woman Rider <laughs> is like one of my favorite scenes in anime history. Yeah. Oh. Not, it's so emotional. You're so into it. And then Saitama shows up and you're just like, yes. Yeah. Make him pay. And he's all cocky. And then the sky opens up. There's sun. The rain is gone. Yep. It's just, oh. And like, I know you're talking about that second season, yeah. but 
right now there there was supposed they took a break so there wasn't an episode this week yeah tennis but, tournament <laughs> but that might be what's about to happen in the next I, episode i, I hope out. so i it, i want to love season two and it's not been bad it's just it's been it's different same yeah that I, yeah. I i really think the lack of the same director really hurt it more than anything else he just understood how to time and make the source material work in that kind of animated skate or in that kind of animated space. I think the new guys are doing a good job, but it definitely feels more like I'm reading the manga than it does watching the first season. Yeah. Uh, but with that, uh, I do want to say uh, with, Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I'm going to talk to you guys later for just a second. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he picked a good time to have that phone call come in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do want to say with One Punch also came with the same uh, director as One Punch went on to uh, Mob Psycho. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so that also brought out that made me want to go and see, oh, I guess I'll go watch Mob Psycho because if One Punch was like this and I enjoyed it, I would also like what uh, Mob Psycho, which was very different. Oh, very yeah. different art style. It jumped out at me. Um, so I would say like that's another one you got to watch in the last five years. Oh, I'm trying to think of other ones that also came out. There's movies. It's yeah. like the movies that, that came out. The, those are the ones that I think are the easy ones to make an argument about. Like your name. Yeah, that was yeah. in the last five years. Yeah. That, um, movies, I think you could make a very big argument there. I think will be more classics out of that. <clears throat> um, I can't remember the name of the movie DJ's talking about with the your voice. Um, huh, that one also came out pretty recently in the same amount of time your name did. Um, I can't remember the name of it either. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but that one was also really good. Uh, what am I? Well, I've got I've got an idea in my head. I, I've um, come on, think. Uh, it was oh, Made in the Abyss. You brought that one up too. Yes, <laughs> that one also came out this, in the recent five years, and that one I would also really suggest because it definitely goes in its own direction. But like, I don't know how many of those, like those are all very weirdly niche. That's the thing is like maybe the classics are going to be the niche ones that do go differently. And then it's just the time and it like has to take the time to get out there and uh, uh, kind of uh, grow from that and ha then have the word of mouth and people talking about it to like go and watch it for it to become a classic. But then. Again, that's the, you brought the term up, the cult classic. That's what makes a cult classic. But maybe that's the same thing. Like, what is a classic and what's a cult classic? Uh, it's just culture. Um, so it can only be a classic in culture. So it's just a weird subphrase calling something what it is to not define it as something else. But it is all just all encompassing the same thing. I said a whole lot without saying something there, I guess. Maybe. <laughs> I, oh, but you see, you're, you're kind of capturing what I'm talking about, though. John, take it away. <laughs> if John has something. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Speak. You were saying something. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't you. saying something. Maybe he wasn't saying something. Did my mic work? Yeah. yeah. There, yeah. yeah. there you oh, go, DJ. Okay, sorry. Yeah. No, no. Wow, it's... I'm still. Yeah, go ahead, John. Well, I'm still under that thing. It's like, I think cl the term classic, you know, like anime classics, like I can 
personally say that some of these animes people consider classics i'm not a it's not one of my favorites to be honest mm-hmm. i think it comes like i still believe it comes down fully to opinion or yeah. taste of the anime yeah i i met some people that didn't like summer wars i uh. first i'll be the one and say it i wasn't a big fan of cowboy bebop really mm. Well, if you are a terrible person and need to die in a fire. No, I'm kidding. See, I can, that's exactly my point. I can, I can understand that. <laughs> See, that's exactly my point. I didn't like the ending of Cowboy Bebop, the way it no. ended. No, it, uh, it was, it, it was, but that's part of what made it such strong medicine in what it is. It was a deep, heavy genre. And you think about it at the time, most of us, unless we'd watched a lot of rated R movies, like I didn't watch any rated R movies, like all my friends did in middle school that was some of my first introduction to strong medicine so to speak like people dying like like not so happy things happening as a premise to end a movie like usually things always end up for the better i mean i watched a lot of disney movies growing up for god's sakes so it was a new concept for me to see anguish in something and the way they portrayed that in that series as much as i agree with you that i'd love to see it go on that's part of what made it such a strong thing and why it sticks to me to with to this day is that it was a true start and true utter finish i mean he put his heart and soul into it and it still didn't work out but that's what makes cowboy bebop so strong oh you're talking about the movie though aren't you uh so there's the cowboy the series and then there's the movie the movie for cowboy bebop no uh, all all of it the whole franchise the whole franchise Uh, itself i just feel like it's all just so well was so well orchestrated it was amazing i i I really like the movie but mm-hmm. the series, I felt it just kind of everyone just sort of it like it felt like it flopped. Whereas like everyone just kind of goes, oh, we're all just going our separate ways now. I, I don't know. This is one of those things that I, I'm actually kind of curious on perspectives here because <clears throat> it DJ and I are definitely the old men of the anime realm. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. I, I, I feel like we need to go there. Um, and you and John, well, granted, we're only talking about a couple of years variations between us i do think part of this comes down to what we were looking for when we found anime because something that i've thought about a lot is that going into the early part of the 2000s because i can't say that's necessarily where a lot of the best shows landed necessarily but a lot of the stuff in the late 90s the early Mm -hmm. 2000s it was about what were the stories trying to say What kind of an impact were they making? What was the end messaging behind this stuff? And something like Cowboy Bebop is weirdly poetic in the way that it ends. Because the whole time it's been Spike looking for, you know, his lost girlfriend, whatever happened to her. And him trying to run away from his past. And it's only after she's gone, after she's died that he confronts his past and it's the entirety of his being. There's nothing for him beyond it. And for him to die at the end, the way that he does, it's weirdly poetic and fits the vibe that they've been building with his own personal arc as the story was going along. But that's something that I know a lot of people that don't appreciate that, that have grown up in what I would actually describe as a better anime culture because yeah, it doesn't need to have a big message or a big story. But that was something that caught a lot of people with like Gundam Wing uh, in the mid 90s. It was something that meant a lot with uh, Robotech. There we go. I couldn't remember the American name for it. 
three different series merged into one. Uh, <laughs> anime used to be something very different. It was trying to say something, or at least the stuff that we latched onto, the stuff that became these big hits, were trying to say something, and that made them more impactful. It made the endings mean a lot more. It felt like there was more substance to it than sometimes there really was. That's something I've learned as time's gone along. I've gone back and watched a lot of older shows that I used to really like, and it's like, mm, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Those rose-colored glasses. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But, Nostalgia. Yeah, like, I don't know. It, it, this is what's kind of weird, though, because uh, something that DJ finally watched, and in the worst way ever, yeah. uh, Hayao Miyazaki's first movie is Lupin the Third, The Castle of Cagliostro. No, he's called Wolf. Netflix did something wrong to Lupin. I don't know what happened. I can't explain this. I'm sorry, Tyler, but the first thing that popped into my head it was done by Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me. I, and I will. I will be honest. So on Netflix right now is the worst dub that I have ever seen for a Lupin property. So Manga Entertainment got the rights to this movie, which. Still looks gorgeous, but came out in 1979. It's directed by Hayao Miyazaki. It's absolutely fantastic. And the manga entertainment dub that came out in like 2001 is really good, despite it having no shared voice actors with any of the other Lupin TV series or movies. Funimation has done everything else that's been released. I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know if manga entertainment went out of business. Somebody else bought it up and decided to redub it. But I'm talking with DJ the other day, and he's saying, I finally got around to watching it, Rob, and it was really good. And I liked, I liked that they tried a bunch of things. I liked that they did some different stuff, and I liked that they didn't call Lupin Lupin. They called him Wolf. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Wolf? And just, it's, I don't know what the hell this thing is. I had to look it up, and it's like, everything sounds terrible. Like, they call him Wolf? They call him Wolf. What? Yeah. No. That's stupid. Yeah. No, it's, and and it's Jigen, retarded. Yeah, Jigen sounds very nasally. He sounds like, like a teenager. Annoying. Oh my god, it is so bad. And then Spectre is that he gotta like I, Oh god. Fujiko Fujiko sounds like April from the bad first mentioned two turtles animated series from the early nineties. It's it's yeah. <laughs> It's, it's definitely something. It it definitely sounds like something, and I I I won't say it sounds Canadian, but it does sound like something that nerdcore animation might have dubbed. Hmm. So, hmm. For, for anybody who gets that reference, good for you. For everybody else, I'm sorry that you just Googled that. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, well, there we go. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know where I was going with that, but I just passionate words. I think it was words. good. Yes, I talk too much. I'm sorry. <laughs> this was Tyler's anime corner. That well, you had words to say. A nostalgic fuck. We we at least we had things to say. Look, we were all talking about it, and uh, what we didn't really come to a conclusion. It's never about coming to a conclusion. It's uh, asking the questions of why we think things are the way they are to define us who we are as human beings. Really, ooh, philosophy talk with anime. It's the best way to do it. Oh, God. Okay, you sounded like one of those 90s anime fans like me back when we were in our youthful days. 
Yeah. Where we thought that anime was really trying to say something. We thought that it had meaning behind it. Man. It still does. Why do you think we have conventions? It shows that it still does. Just the rest of the world still thinks we're nuts. We're nuts. We just have now a convention to appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not alone. When you're not alone, it's not a problem anymore. <laughs> Sometimes I like to just see some really cool fight scenes. Sometimes I like to see men dressed up as women. <laughs> Sometimes we just like to watch Redline just so our eyes can orgasm. God, that's a good movie too, though. I just watched that recently Madhouse again. animation. It's Madhouse. It's oh god, but it's just like a lot happens in it, and you're like, man, if you want, you want watch that, and then watch Dead Leaves, and you're like, I can't even. I don't even know what's going Madhouse on. Madhouse again. Yeah. <laughs> Everything else will be slow paced after you watch that movie. That's for damn yeah. sure. Oh man. Nothing else can catch it. It's a hell of a race. Also. It's got a good soundtrack. It's yeah. just it's a tasty soundtrack. <laughs> so there we go. We have established red redline, classic. Yeah, right there. yeah. That, I think we can all agree on that, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> classic, yep. classic, classic. Okay, yep. we are universally in agreement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is actually an older movie that came out more than five years ago. Oh damn! Yeah, we did it again. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's ten years old. Oh yeah. Oh, oh God, we're old. Uh, so with that, I would like to conclude our anime corner here we are another corner done maybe you'll hear us again maybe you won't but you should do this once a month once a month once a year once every five we'll catch up on it we, we, we might make this like seasonal maybe maybe we'll critique the last season of anime yeah since all of us that, clearly have very different taste we do all i think that would make sense yeah do it seasonally yeah or if, if we do it more than that once at the beginning once at the end of the season, depending on how good the season looks to be. Well, that's at the same time because seasons end and begin at the same time. So you right. just have one critiquing yeah. the last season and then going into the next. Yeah. What, what are you yeah. looking forward to? <laughs> yeah. What did we watch that was good? And now are we continuing on with anything? And what is new? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll talk more yeah. about that later. Yeah. In Thailand, anime corner. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>